This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Well, shit is being really weird tonight. Okay, there's there's the chat. It is appearing on screen now. Things are things are being weird. Poor Lord, say something so I know that the chat's working. I've been um I've been working on some shit, so I was playing with the chat last night. Welcome, we're on early. We're getting ready to do the gubernatorial debate in Georgia. Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams, who was within two points of Brian Kemp in the polls, debating Republican incumbent Brian Kemp, the gubernatorial race in Georgia. Directly after, we will be watching the Ohio Senate debate be taking place at the same time we'll be watching a replay of it it will be directly after the Georgia gubernatorial race we'll be watching an open seat Congressman Tim Ryan is the Democratic nominee for the Senate in Ohio that is Rob Portman's old seat J.D. Vance, the Republican nominee. Also a close race in Ohio for the open Senate seat. I'm trying to keep an eye on commercials for Twitch. I'm going to go ahead and run them right now. And then hopefully you will not have a commercial break during the debate. You won't have any commercials if you are a subscriber to the Twitch. Which many of you are now, thanks to uh, Tones giving out all those gift subs the other day. Another big thank you to Tones. Oh, that's why. That's what's going on with the, the... Okay, 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 okay. I know what's up with the chat now. I can fix this. Is once again, I've been working on some stuff, so I was playing with the chat the other night. Or last night. Here we go. Chat ready to go. In just moments, we're going to head over to... I believe it's the Fox affiliate in Georgia, who's going to be carrying the debate live. I don't have any news for you tonight. We're just going to do the two debates, and I'm going to get the fuck out of here, because I'm tired. And I'm certainly not high enough for this shit right now. What is up, Girl of the Grey? Welcome. Here's your meme of the day. We need to get to it here real fast before we go over to the coverage of the Georgia debate. Remember, rule number one in communism is you can't have an iPhone. You have an iPhone, you're not allowed to critique the capitalist system. Oh no, despite the fact that Soviets were the ones that invented cellular technology, and even the satellites that the cell phones bounce off of, Still, rule number one of communism. Marx is telling you right there, no iPhone. Looks like somebody drew a dick on his hand, too, kind of. No, actually, it looks kind of like a hammer and a sickle. Maybe I'm just, it's like a Rorschach test or something. I'm just seeing shit in Marx's hand hair. (laughs) (laughs) I am not high enough for this shit. 
Uh, here we are. This is 11 Alive out of Georgia. We're going to take their coverage here in just a few moments. The gubernatorial debate between Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams. This is her second time running for governor. She almost won in 2018. She lost to now Governor Brian Kemp. Is the Republican incumbent in the governor's race in Georgia. But nobody, nobody wants to look at that bright red breaking on the screen. Once again, during the debates, I'm going to try to lay out as much as possible. I'll make little quips here and there. I might try to insert myself while a moderator is talking. I may put some shit up on the screen. If we have to, if we have to fact check a candidate, we might put some shit up on screen. As we have done with the previous debates. Also, we have more debates this week. Let me check out the schedule. Tomorrow night, Val Demings, the Democratic challenger, will debate Marco Rubio in the Florida Senate race. That is tomorrow night. We'll be watching that. On Wednesday night, Michael Bennett, Democratic incumbent. The Colorado Senate race will be debating Joe O'Day. The Republican challenger. Earlier I said he was he was a Trump-backed challenger. He is now trying to distance himself from Trump, so we'll see how that goes. And if we get a debate in the Nevada Senate race, Republican Adam Laxalt challenging Democratic incumbent Catherine Cortez Mastro. We will indeed take that. It's going to be October 20th. It'll be later this week if it happens. If it happens. Looking like it may very well not happen. Once again, we're waiting for 11 Alive out of Georgia to begin their coverage of the Georgia gubernatorial debate happening here in just moments. If you're watching on Twitch, I went ahead and uh, hit the commercial break, so you should get the entire debate commercial free. Directly following the Georgia gubernatorial debate, we are going to be watching the Ohio Senate debate between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. Now, these two debates are taking place at the same time. We will watch the Ohio Senate debate directly after on tape delay. We should be going to the auditorium for the gubernatorial debate in Georgia. Anytime now, 11 Alive, out of Georgia. Guys, hurry up and come on so I can stop vamping. (laughs) I want to get high. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm not awake enough for this shit, possibly. Uh, now guys, you only have an hour, so can we, yeah, let's get this underway. Oh no, that was, my, that was one of my graphics, not, not their graphic. Let's get this underway because you've only got an hour. We got a lot of questions to ask. 
Foles showing a tight race. Brian Kemp up by two points. Two points. 47% to Stacey uh, Abrams. 45%. Any second now. Any second now. Seriously, guys, these are only hour-long debates. We need to be need to be studious here with our time. Here we go. Here we go. Banning assault Please weapons. You are on the side of public opinion in each of these issues. Debates. Yet, to start the debate, you are behind in almost every poll. Wow. Candidates have First of all, thank seconds. you so much for having me. I appreciate question. the opportunity to address the, the community of Georgia. Guys, guys. The reason it. people are on Ms. my Abrams, side are because, because I'm on the right side of history and on the right side of the issues. For the right to but we also know. Oh, I should have went from their uh, their website. Yeah, that's on them, not me. And left out of the conversation. Here we go. Students who have found themselves. Oh, guys, guys, you're killing me. So this is their YouTube. I'm going to go to their website and see if we can. Uh... And the debates aren't nope, over nope, yet. Nope, nope, nope. They're having trouble all the way around. They're having trouble on their website too. Um, uh, maybe I should have taken the, uh, the Senate race live in Ohio. Jesus, Jesus, guys. Eleven Alive really dropping the ball here. Oof. to do about this things that our Georgia families are facing right now quite honestly because of bad policies in Washington DC from President Biden and the Democrats that have complete control and thankfully working with the Georgia General Assembly we've been able to work to help give some relief to people despite what's happening in Washington like giving a income tax credit back to our citizens cutting taxes also suspending the gas tax for since March now, $800 million of relief for our hardworking citizens. So that is what my focus has been on, and it's what it will continue to be on. Thank you very much, Jennifer Bellamy. Your question for Shane Hazel. 
Mr. Hazel, Georgia seems to be struggling right now in dealing with how to legally take on the issue of cannabis in the state. What do you think needs to be done here? How should oh, we've got a libertarian eh? surrounding marijuana? I guess a perfect question for a libertarian. Um, we believe that cannabis is a plant that grows from Earth naturally. And the hubris that the federal government has shown in making a Schedule One drug while also holding patents on it is one of those things where we find it somewhat laughable. And it is. It is a right of people. It is medicine. It is something. So that who wants to take bets on whether he brings up age of consent during this debate? Really displace a lot of what comes in from outside of Georgia. This is a huge win for Georgia. We have a great agricultural sector. We can grow two bumper crops of cannabis every year. The idea that it is still un- illegal and that... Brian- Sky Comet, we will be watching the Ohio Senate debate directly after this. It is a good thing when we make cannabis bust, and cannabis bust only is a, is a real sign that the government in Georgia is using it for the prison industrial complex, for the the law enforcement complex to go after communities that would like to see freedom in this area. So it's a right. That's how we see it as libertarians. Right. Thank you very much. He'd say the same yeah. thing about fucking you kids. You have a rebuttal? Yeah, I would just like to make sure people at home know that I have been doing exactly what I told them I would do when I was campaigning for governor and now that I am your governor. Uh, we have been going after street gangs and drug cartels. So the things that we're tweeting out there is when our great men and women in law enforcement are are making drug bust, bust not from recreational use. It's a plan. Other things. But but that's what my focus is on. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Greg, please ask a question of Stacey Abrams. Yeah, Miss Abrams, in 20 long before Kemp says fentanyl. And you talked to systemic problems with the state's election system. This election, do you commit to accept the outcome of the vote, regardless of what it shows? And do you stand by your use of words like rigged four years ago to describe the state's election system? In 2018, I began my speech on November 16th, acknowledging that Governor Kemp had won the election. I then proceeded to lay out in grave detail the challenges faced by voters under his leadership as Secretary Secretary of State, State. including the 10 plus two who were arrested in Quitman, Georgia, because they had the temerity to use absentee ballots. I told the story of students who were denied access to the right to vote, even though they had duly registered. 80,000 complaints had come in by that day, and it took four years of federal investigation in a lawsuit that was the longest-running voting rights lawsuit in the state's history, in recent history, that proved us right. Now, we didn't win every single claim, but we forced massive changes to the election laws. And unfortunately, Brian Kemp and Brad Rafsenberger have decided to restore their greatest hits. Just today, a homeless woman was denied the right to vote in Forsyth County because she could not. She did not receive a provisional ballot because she had been challenged. As governor, I intend to stand up for the right to vote. I will always acknowledge the outcome of elections, but I will never deny access to every voter because that is the responsibility of every American to defend the right to vote. Thank you, Brian Kemp. 30 seconds. Well, I would just say uh, that Miss Abrams is going to do a lot of attacking of my record tonight because she doesn't want to talk about her own record. In 2018, in the governor's race, we had the largest African-American turnout in the country. She said that Senate Bill 202, our recent Elections Integrity Act, what we passed two years ago, would be suppressive in Jim Crow 2.0. Just this past May in our primaries, we again had record turnout in the Republican primary and the Democratic primary. In Georgia, it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. 
Eventually. As I said, it is the Streisand effect. You try to keep people from voting, they're going to go do it. We'll push for people to have access to going to the polls and voting. You're not pushing ballot access. This is a huge, a huge oppression for people like the third parties, the people that want to get their people on the ballot. We have, I think, 20 percent Democrats, 20 percent Republicans in the state of Georgia. That leaves 60 percent of people in Georgia unrepresented by ballot access laws that both of them support. 30 seconds, Ms. Abrams. Actually, to correct Mr. Hazel, I co-sponsored legislation to expand ballot access because I agree with you that third parties should have better access to the right to vote in the state of Georgia. Never I co-sponsored it with, a, with one of our independents in the state legislature. But let's be clear about ballot access and voter access. Brian Kemp was the secretary of state, and he has assiduously denied access to the right to vote. We know that the right to vote is the only way we can make the changes we need in the state, the only way we can make the changes we need in this country, whether it's access to the right to an abortion, the ability to take care of our families. We have a libertarian, we need a governor yes. who believes in access to the right to vote right. and not in voter suppression, which is the hallmark of Brian Kemp's leadership. Thank you very much. With, We're with, going to with move all, on. With all due respect, I was called out. I, I would like to just the record reflect, as my time as Secretary of State, I'm the person that created the online voter registration system in this state where any Georgian can vote, register to vote 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So for someone to say that we have been suppressive in our state when we've seen turnout increase over the years, including with minorities like African-Americans, Latinos and others, is simply not true. And again, Ms. Abrams is going to lie about my record because she doesn't want to talk about her own. All right, we're well, going to move on great. here. And that's the yeah, case. We're going to move on here, Mr. Hazel. Uh, Jennifer, your question for Brian Kemp. Governor Kemp, several hospitals and medical centers across the state have announced or gone through with plans to close their doors, leaving a gap in care and a reduction in services at a time when our health care workers are already suffering from burnout, from increased demand and workloads. Many are now facing care that will be delayed or unavailable, while our state's capital will soon have only one level one trauma center. What will you do to ensure Georgians have access to critical health care services and hospitals? Well, I would just remind voters at home, there's also hospitals being built uh, across this state and new options for people for health care. Look, the AMC situation was something that was thrown on a lot of political leaders, including me. But instead of complaining about it and doing the blame game, I went and worked with Fulton County, with DeKalb County, with Democrats to come up with a solution that put state resources into Grady to help make sure people have the access and the care that they need in our state. And I'm committed to continuing to do that in the future. All right. Shane, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Chuck, you get the final question of Shane Hazel. Thank you. Mr. Hazel, you ran for Congress in 2018. That was just four years ago you ran as a Republican. You got less than 30 percent of the vote in the Republican primary. What happened between then and now that made you a libertarian? Oh, I, uh, I actually came back to my, my roots as a libertarian. Uh, we believe in freedom. We saw what the Republican Party was. We saw what the Democratic Party was. They are forcing coercion. No matter what they talk about, it's forcing coercion. Whether it's certificate of need for hospitals, whether it is taking guns away from law-abiding citizens, it is always forcing coercion at the point of a gun from the Democrats and Republicans. To look at life through consent, the eyes that, hey, we can all have transactions, we do it every day in the private sector. 99.9% .9 of us go throughout our day without raping people, without murdering people, without pointing guns at people to take their property. 
That is not what the government does under Republicans and Democrats, period. That's how I became a libertarian. Uh, this is why we're going to send this thing into a runoff. And if people were really looking for something to change, you'd vote libertarian. You'd send a message to both of these parties because these, one of these people will most likely be the executive in a rigged system that you want to be more free. Thank you. That concludes the first round of the debate. The candidates will now ask a question to each of their opponents. Candidates will have 30 seconds to ask the question, 60 seconds to respond, and the candidate who asks the questions will have 30 seconds for rebuttal. By random selection, Brian Kemp, you may ask the first question to Stacey Abrams. Well, thank you very much. Um, as many people know, I have over 100 sheriffs endorsing my campaign, uh, several of which are Democrats. And my question for Ms. Abrams tonight is how many Democrat or how many sheriffs statewide have publicly endorsed your campaign? Mr. Kemp, what you are attempting to do is continue the lie that you've told so many times. I think you believe it's the truth. I support law enforcement and did so for 11 years, worked closely with the Sheriff's Association. I'm probably the only person standing here who's ever actually written a, a SOP for police department when I was working for the city of Atlanta. But I have two brothers, one who has committed crimes, and I want his victims to be able to call the police and get the help they need, and I've always supported that right. But I have another brother who has faced being pulled over for driving while black when he was coming back from his job as a social worker. Unlike you, I don't have the luxury of relying on slogans to describe my position on public safety. I believe that we need safety and justice because I love both of my brothers. And like most Georgians, I lead a complicated life where we need access to help, but we also need to know that we are safe from racial violence. While you may not have had that experience, too many people I know have, and that is why I will always stand up for making certain that safety and justice are the conversations we're having in Georgia and the delivery we have as the next governor of Georgia. Thank you. 30 seconds, Mr. Kemp. Well, I would just tell people that, look, I support safety and justice. But Ms. Abrams refused to answer the question, so I'll let you know that the answer is zero. No sheriffs are endorsing her statewide because of her stances on wanting to defund the police, eliminate cash bail, and serving on the boards of organizations like the Margaret Casey Foundation that supports and gives grants to... Way to sell her or sell me on her. ...the defund the police movement. If, he, if I may respond, because he actually lied there. Yes, I do seconds. have the support of sheriffs. But unlike Mr. Kemp, I do not make it my plan to list every person who supports me. I have the support of sheriffs. I have the support of advocates. I have the support of victims. I have the support of those who want to be treated fairly in our system. I have to have conversations with the entirety of Georgia. I don't have the luxury of being a part of a good old boys club where we don't focus on the needs of our people. And that is why my mission has been to put out very concrete plans explaining how I will serve justice, how I will serve safety, and how I will serve the citizens of the state of Georgia. 30 seconds, Brian Kemp. Well, look, I, I would just tell people, I know Miss Abrams is upset and mad um, because these are things that she said. This is not me making this up. This is things that she said in interviews that she's done and she's sitting on organizations that you can go look at the facts yourself. And that's why the men and women in law enforcement want a governor that is going to stand with them, who has been with them, not only to have their back, but also stand shoulder to shoulder on things like civil unrest and going after street gangs and human traffickers. Thank you very much. It was like he was Stacey on Facebook. Abrams, he was like, I just triggered you. Hazel. Mr. Hazel, Republicans and Democrats have raised the alarm 
over the rise in the Chinese Communist Party-backed companies purchasing American farmland. To date, they've purchased more than one million acres of farmland in the state of Georgia. Would you agree with Mike Pompeo that allowing those purchases in the state of Georgia is a sign of madness? And would you be concerned about the national security implications of the Chinese Communist Party purchasing this land with the support of the state of Georgia? I see the setup for this question. I understand why it was projected at me. Um, as libertarians, we believe that you own your property and that the state can't take it away from you and can't sell it or can't determine who you sell it to. Um, the CCP, obviously, uh, which is going through some its own internal unrest right now, uh, I believe is probably purchasing this with things like central bank digital dollars and yuan. Uh, which are also coming down to a, uh, a critical nature where people are in uprising in China. What we need to look at is how these purchases are being made. Are we accepting fiat, CCP, yuan in Georgia as a actual currency? It's about as good as the U.S. currency, the fiat currency that we're about to have hoisted on us in terms of a CBDC. I'm not going to tell you or anybody else as governor how or who to sell your property to. And I imagine that in the end, the, mar the free market will work itself out. Thank you. Stacey Abrams, 30 what seconds. What a convoluted answer. Watching our farmland be purchased by the Chinese Communist Party. And while that is not normally a conversation that we have, it is something that we should be concerned about. Agriculture is our number one industry, and Georgia has 13 military installations. The fact that the state of Georgia is working with the Chinese Communist Party using one of their technologies that both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have warned is very much a national security threat should be of great concern to every Georgian. This is not about being concerned simply about who's owning the land, but it's about how much access to our information they have because of the state. Thank you, Shane Hazel. You may ask your question of Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I'd agree with you. The uh, military industrial complex is a big problem. It is. And <laughs> we have people trying to come here to, I don't know, get a get a backdoor into our, our military. Um, I think one of the things we should be talking about as Georgians and as executives is the Defend the Guard Act, where our military has been used very, I don't know, haphazardly around the world to go and take resources from the Middle East or now in, in Mr. Ukraine. Mr. Hazel, your this question. Is, yeah, this is my question to who? To Stacey Abrams. Uh, yeah. Oh, we've already switched gears. Yeah. My, my, my question to you, I'm sorry. It's I, okay. I have hearing problems, guys. Um, my question yeah, to you. You might have smoked a little bit before this debate. As the that is the libertarian candidate. When we come into a CBDC from the Federal Reserve, will you, as the executive, accept the this, this CCCP-style uh, currency? I believe that the conversation about currency is a complicated one. And part of the challenge we have is how these how this currency is transmitted, the very real security threats with digital currency, the hacking and mining of that digital currency should concern all Georgians. As the governor of Georgia, I will work very closely with the Federal Reserve, but also with the innovators and the entrepreneurs who do see an opportunity. But before we take a step forward that could put us at risk, our responsibility is to understand the complexity of what is happening 
happening with these transactions. And as exciting as it is, we also know it's deeply problematic when we do not have the adequate safeguards in place. That's one of the reasons I've raised concerns about WeChat and about the purchase of farmland. But what we know overall is that we need a governor who's conversant in these issues, who understands that, for example, in the state of Georgia, we have access to $3.5 billion in American currency that could be delivered tomorrow to save our hospitals and to save our lives. But our current governor has refused to accept those dollars. My intention is to do what's best for the state of Georgia every Thank single you. day. Thank you. Shane Hazel, you get a 30-second rebuttal. Yeah. Working with the Federal Reserve, who's got us into the mess that we are in. Of course in he's a crypto right bro. Because of a centralized fiat currency, it will be absolutely worthless. They will be dangling carrots in front of the governor, in front of the executives, in front of the legislature to do exactly what their mandates are. If they are mandating that they take the property of people, then they will do it. If they they want to invade your homes, your privacy, your businesses. They will do it because of CBDCs. All right. Stacey Abrams, please ask your question to Brian Kemp. Absolutely. Mr. Kemp, under your leadership, there is currently a 100-year gap between minority-owned businesses and majority-owned businesses. Although minorities comprise 48% of the population, they only generate 12.2% of the business revenue in the state. And under every analysis that we have seen, it will take 100 years to close that gap, given the current process that you have in place. You served four years in the Senate, eight years as Secretary of State in charge of businesses. You served four years as governor. What are your concrete, specific, targeted plans to decrease and address the racial equity gap currently facing contracting and purchasing for minority-owned businesses. Governor Kim? Well, I would remind Georgians that the first part of my plan was keeping our state open for business and allowing all business people and working Georgians to work when Stacey Abrams was criticizing me for doing that. Also pushing to get our kids back in the classroom when, again, Stacey Abrams was criticizing me for doing that. A lot of Georgians, including African-Americans and other minorities, cannot go to work if their kids are not in the classroom. We have the lowest unemployment rate in the country for African-Americans. We also were named... Wait, uh, wait to just say that schools are daycares so you can work in the capitalist system. ...entrepreneurship uh, in the state of Georgia. So our economy is incredible, and we will continue to work with all of those entrepreneurs in the days ahead and working-class Georgians, because we are the ones that have been fighting for you when Ms. Abrams was not. We were giving tax refunds. We were doing tax cuts. We were suspending the gas tax to help you deal with 40-year high inflation when she was criticizing us. Stacey Abrams, 30-second rebuttal. I would point out that Mr. Kemp did not address the needs of purchasing and contracts for black and brown-owned businesses, which is what he has refused to do for the last 16 years. We know that $10.9 billion has been delivered to the state of Georgia through two recent acts at the con congressional level. And Brian Kemp does not have a plan for making certain that people of color have access to those contracts, access to purchasing. It was only in July of this year that he finally acknowledged that there might be a problem. He has said that we need to study it. I would tell him, just cheat off of my paper. I know the answer. <laughs> we need a governor who actually believes in equity, racial equity, Thank economic you. equity in the state of Georgia, and I will deliver. Thank you. Shane Hazel, please ask your question to Brian Kemp. Brian, in 2020, on April 2nd, you locked down Georgia, threatening peaceful people with force and coercion. You called people in Georgia non-essential, and it killed millions of jobs. You bent the knee to big pharma and pushed a vaccine that was untested on people, and it has killed people. They have lost their loved ones. You've allowed your YouTube, that's not true. And then you had the audacity to brag about record tax revenue. You want to say sorry to anybody? 
So is that a question or? That is a question. Do you want to say sorry to anybody? He's kicking authority, kicking authority in the balls. To talk about my record because obviously uh, Mr. Hazel is gravely mistaken. If you look at the executive orders uh, that I signed, we said every business in Georgia was essential. There was a few that we asked to help us stop the spread, flatten the curve, build PPE supplies and hospital bed capacities. Because unlike him, I was getting the calls from hospitals saying, hey, we are out of surgical gowns. We're out of masks. We need ventilators. And we were literally working 24-7 to supply those items while also keeping our economy open in this state. And as you know, I was the first state to open the small parts that we asked to close, and our recovery's been as good as any state in the country. We have had two record years of economic development because of our business environment, working with the General Assembly to make sure that we're putting Georgians first and Georgia businesses and Georgia workers first, and that's what I'm committed to continuing to do. 30 seconds, Mr. Hazel. You should have put Georgia freedom first, period. You didn't have the power to lock down businesses. And you signed the executive order on April 2nd. It was clear as day. I sat there and watched you do it. And I was like, there is no coming back from this. The idea that the, the def I guess the default was to lock down Georgia instead of trusting Georgians with their freedom to adapt in a time of very changing circumstances, I think is a tyrant move. And I think the left and right are fascist and communist socialists, whereas we're talking about real liberty, trusting Thank Georgians with those decisions. Fascist, communist, socialists. Final question in this round for Shane Hazel. Well, I, I would just on, uh, ask Mr. Hazel if he supports the things that we have done because we were open and Georgians were working and we've had excess revenue. So instead of doing big government. That's our tax money. Yeah, no, I don't support it because Your here's question? the thing: is when, when when we get to that point, when we talk well, about I was what you're doing, ask, ask my, oh, my finish your my question. question. Please go ahead. I, I would just I'm say, sorry. do you support the tax cuts we've done, returning a billion dollars of taxpayer money, and suspending the gas tax for Georgians to help fight through 40-year high inflation and bad domestic energy policy? Georgia, I hope you hear me. say libertarians think taxation is theft. It's your money. It's your property. Yeah. You should be able to determine what you do with it. I don't support the fact that you haven't ended qualified immunity. I don't support the fact that you haven't ended civil asset forfeiture. I don't support the fact that you haven't ended the drug war. You haven't ended nonviolent crime. You haven't ended cash bail. You haven't ended no-knock raids. You haven't implemented community review boards. And you haven't bland, uh, banned blacked-out cop cars that go after people for more money. It's ridiculous. He's right on all that shit. By the executive to leave peaceful people alone in the state of Georgia. That's my message to both Not of you. your average guy. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Wears a badge. <coughs> Stop going after peaceful people. Mr. Kemp, 30-second rebuttal. Well, that's simply not true. Uh, as Georgians know, I have followed the laws and the constitution of this state. And I ran after, on going after criminal street gangs because I knew there was an issue in our state when other people wouldn't even talk about it and the media wouldn't acknowledge it. And you look at the amount of fentanyl that's coming across the southern border because of bad border policies. 28 minutes is what it took. Every governor in the country is having to deal with that. So, yes, I'm going to go after bad people that are selling bad drugs and killing our children and our other citizens. The free market way to do that would be we're, to allow cannabis and psilocybin to handle the mental health issues. Okay, well, I wasn't talking about cannabis. I was talking about deadly <laughs> Gentlemen, Stop busting them then.
Gentlemen, we're going to move on. That concludes our second round for those just joining us. I mean, that this was is nice. The general election debate between candidates for governor. We will now go back to the panel to ask questions to the candidate of their choice until we run out of time. As a point of moderator privilege, I may also ask questions of the candidates, and I will determine when a rebuttal is appropriate. And I'm going to use that moderator privilege right away to ask some education questions. Mr. Kemp, if reelected, you've said you'll push for $65 million dedicated to fighting pandemic learning loss, more hiring more counselors, and recruiting teachers to fill shortages. How do you respond to those who say you should have prioritized those academic-related issues over laws dealing with divisive concepts, parental laws, and obscene books in the past legislative session, even those who were pushed and pushing for those laws, in the end say they don't have much teeth? Well, look, we have been pushing for those things. You can talk to school superintendents around the state. We have worked with them uh, really over the last year and a half, two years on learning loss. We've been working with our superintendents and other education groups. We've passed two different pieces of legislation dealing with the teacher pipeline, which is getting more teachers into the system. Our plan has uh, is working with higher education, including our HBCUs and others, to make sure we're getting more of the right people. Coming from a Republican, I would have thought the teacher pipeline was like sending them to open back up Keystone XL. We're going to use teachers. We are funding K-12 through education in this state more than we ever have per pupil, ever. And that's coming off a recession during the middle of a global pandemic. This includes my promised teacher pay raise of $5,000 that we completed in my first full term despite having to deal with two years of a global can uh, pandemic and a recession. So I think it's incredible what we've been doing, but make no mistake, we have more work to do, and I'm committed to doing that. Thank you. Shane Hazel, would you tell us... Yes, we need to hear how these governors will protect yeah, the litter boxes in, the in schools. The, sector. the government education system that came from Prussia in the 1700s has obviously failed Americans. We don't understand economics. We don't understand our civil culture. We don't understand... A, a libertarian telling everybody they don't understand economics. In, in politics. The, the idea that we want to privatize everything as libertarians is good for education. Think about Walmart having a monopoly on force to teach your children. It's insane. The idea that we do this with a government has side effects. It's, we see them on a, on a daily basis. We need to get government out of education. We need to allow parents to seek out the best education for their kids. And we also believe that they have the responsibility to do so. So to help fix this nation, uh, start here in Georgia, is get the government and the admin out of the classroom and get it out of our lives. It was Thank to you. privatize education. In education, you propose a boost in teachers' pay, more state-paid preschool slots for lower-income children and their families, and more. If you win the governor's race, you'll likely have Republican majorities in both chambers. Given what we know about part of partisan divisions, how will you get your education proposals passed and funded? So let's begin with what my proposals are. Georgia is sitting on a $6.6 .6 billion surplus. That's money that we have after we've paid every bill, after we've put 15% aside for say, a rainy day fund. That is money that after we've accounted for increases in population. And I want to invest it in our children and in our families, beginning with making certain that we have pre-K slots. We have four-year-olds on a waiting list. I've never met a four-year-old who waits to turn five. 
but we can solve that problem with the money we have right now. We can also give an $11,000 pay raise to our teachers instead of a $5,000 pay raise on layaway. We can make certain that we are increasing access to the pipeline because teachers aren't in the pipeline because they can't make enough money to take care of themselves and their families. And that is why under this governor, we have a 67% retention rate. Any other CEO who lost more than 30% of their workforce would be fired. And that is why my plan... Well, everyone knows where I would like to piss. ...to plan for today and tomorrow. We've got the money, and we have economists in Georgia and national economists who have looked at my plan, and they say it works. Check my plan out at StaceyAbrams.com. Check my map. It works. Thank you. 30 seconds. Yeah, I'd just like to let people know that, look, my plan is to use the revenue that we have because we've been open. If Stacey Abrams had been your governor over the last four years, you wouldn't have that excess revenue because she wanted the state to stay locked down and criticize me when I opened it back up. We have, in fact, been using this revenue and will do so in the future to do another income tax refund and put the money back in your pocket. We're also going to do a property tax relief grant one time that helps you with rising property values and rising property taxes that the counties are not rolling back. Thank you very much. If I may respond, because 30 seconds. This is going to go back and forth between the Democrats and Republicans. If they keep attacking each other, I'm going to say we've got to move on. Ms. Abrams, 30 seconds. Mr. Hazel, we've got to move on. We're not going to be excluded from this. I'm not excluding you, but he did refer to her, so we are going to have her speak first. You're going to take money and property from people that don't even attend your schools because they don't agree with them. We want to move on. Ms. Abrams. I love libertarians. Three things that were inaccurate. One. I urged caution because any leader should privilege the lives of those they serve. 38,000 people died in Georgia. We have one county where one in every 100 Hancock County residents perished under this governor. And so, yes, I urged caution. But I also urged good math. We have the money in our accounts to do what is right. Money not delivered by Brian Kemp, money delivered by federal Democrats, and money that is delivered by hardworking Georgians who have generated the surplus, and they deserve investments in their lives. And the income taxes that we keep hearing about, 50,000 people are getting half a billion dollars. The rest of us are going to see 193 bucks. That is not a good return on investment. Shane Hazel, 30 seconds, please. It's stolen money. All of it's stolen money from people who have property. The fact that we have property tax in America has got to be one of the most un-American things I've ever heard of. There are a lot of us at homeschool because we don't believe in the government school system. And we are still fleeced every year to the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for a broken school system that we don't agree with. That's right. both I mean, of I agree. Well, it should right. be coupled to property taxes. Abrams called me out again. All right. About these 30 impacts. seconds, and, and then be, we really are brief. going to move on. But the federal money that we're able to use right now and spend is because our state was open. And we didn't have to use this federal money to backfill state revenues, which has put us in an incredible position uh, to move forward in our state. Mr. So, Kemp, so we're one of blame, several states that so have had these same this, exact experiences. It is disingenuous to claim not having done this on your own. We're going to move on. It's the people's we're, money. We're going to move on, uh, gentlemen and, and Ms. Abrams. Greg Bluestein, you have the next question. Ms. Abrams, I want to go back to one of uh, Donna's underlying questions, which is the how issue. Absolutely. Uh, you've staked out dozens of policy proposals that would have to win approval from lawmakers, including Medicaid expansion, including uh, several of the proposals you outlined here today. But it's highly likely the legislature will remain in Republican control. How are you going to win approval of these measures uh, when, in the face of staunch Republican opposition? 
Well, I don't actually believe there is staunch Republican opposition. I served in the legislature for 11 years, and every day during my tenure, I worked across the aisle to get good done. They put it in my title. I was minority leader, meaning I couldn't win unless I could work with them. Get good done. That is why I'm the only person I know of who got an A rating from the Georgia Chamber of Commerce and the Friend of Labor Award for the same work in the same year. The work that I do is working with people to find out how we get solutions. Medicaid expansion is a perfect example. We have 19 hospitals at risk of closure, joining the six hospitals that have closed under this governor. We are sending a Brinks truck of $3.5 billion of our money to Kentucky, to Louisiana, to Ohio, because this governor will not accept the money. And the resources that we need in our state will come to our state when we have leaders willing to work across the aisle to bring our money home. But it's more important than that. It's about how do we take care of our families? How do we make certain that we're addressing high housing prices? How do we tackle the issue of gun violence? How do we support our freedoms and protect our people? And we need a governor who can do the math, but also do the morality of making sure we take care of every single Georgia. Thank you, Ms. Abrams. math is a requirement, I could never be governor. Well, I would just say that one way we deal with gun violence is to take the bad people that are doing the shootings and lock them up and not in cash bail like Ms. Abrams wants to do. But listen, she's also said that the silver bullet on health care is Medicaid expansion, adding 600, 650,000 people. Well, there's been 600,000 people added to the Medicaid roll since I've become governor. And the problem is it's a broken government program that she wants the government to decide your health care that will also kick 200,000 private citizens off their private sector health care. Thank you. I may respond. 30-second uh, like rebuttal. Just, just talk about he this. He called just her name. Second. Ms. Abrams. Oh, the libertarian ones in. Number one, Medicaid expansion will allow 500,000 Georgians who are working people to get access to health care. That is a good thing in a state where we have people dying every day from cancer, from issues with health, issues with diabetes, issues with heart disease. But number two, the 600,000 people he references who are on Medicaid, they are put there because of the public health emergency. And when that ends, they will lose health care, which will add more people who are on the streets unable to get health care. Under this governor, we've lost six hospitals. We have ambulance wait times that are excessive, right. and our people need I relief, would, and like they need their money back. I would like to wait. We want to. We want to give our panelists yeah. a chance to ask more but questions. So, Chuck Williams, it is your we're turn to ask a question, Mister. It's insane, Governor. The Democrats have controlled the U.S. Senate for two years because Georgia shifted from two Republicans to two Democrats in January of 2021. One of those seats was held by Kelly Leffler, a person you appointed to that post. She then lost to Senator Warnock. Do you wish you had made a different choice when you selected Kelly Leffler? Well, no, not at all. I mean, I was excited about her candidacy. I know she worked extremely hard. Um, it was a very challenging She's environment. Extremely dumb. And I think it goes to the point that in 2020, watching that election, I learned a lot of lessons. You know, a lot of the things that we haven't been doing with the ground game from a political perspective, we are now doing. Making sure that when we're campaigning, that we're making sure what we know the differences are with the candidates, but also, we got to be for something. And what I'm for is doing another billion-dollar tax rebate, for doing property tax relief grants, for continuing to strengthen rural Georgia and run rural broadband like we have been doing that. We started this program long before the pandemic hit, doing economic development projects where 74% of the investment of over $30 billion over the last two record years is going to rural Georgia. Over half the 
you know, 80,000 jobs that are going with those projects outside the 10 metro counties in rural Georgia. And I'm committed to doing that in the future. Mr. Hazel, if you would like to have 30 seconds, you may. Thank you very much. The, the, the state of Georgia needs a governor who understands econ. The $200 trillion of unfunded liability in this country as a veteran, understanding that we have a veteran's health care system that is in shambles. They treat you as a liability, and they will throw pills at you every chance they get. They won't actually address your health. There is no way on earth we're going to expand that to the rest of the 99% of the country. It's a fairy tale, and it doesn't exist. That's why the economy is collapsing, because they continue to print trillions and trillions of dollars and hike interest rates at the same time. Thank Policies you very much. like that are going to do the same. Thank you. Jennifer Bellamy, it's your turn to ask a question. This question is for each of you. What do you see as the biggest challenge facing Georgia and Georgians, and how do you think it should be addressed? What will you do as governor to address that challenge? Let's start with you, Stacey Abrams. Gang crime is up. Gun violence is up. Housing prices have skyrocketed. Equity investors have purchased 30% of the homes in the state of Georgia. We have 1.4 million people without health insurance who cannot see a doctor when they need one. We live in a state of fear. And this is a governor who, for the last four years, has beat his chest but delivered very little for most Georgians. He has weakened gun laws and flooded our streets. He has weakened our privacy rights and our and women's rights. He has denied women the access to reproductive care. The most dangerous thing facing Georgia is four more years of Brian Kemp. We need a governor who actually understands the math and the morality. We need to understand that, yes, we have veterans, like Mr. Hazel pointed out, who can't get access to health care, in part because they're not fully covered by VA benefits and will only get health insurance if we expand Medicaid. We have seniors who are being forced out of their homes because this governor refuses to address the issue of housing crises. In fact, he told an audience that he didn't want to upset investors by giving local local authorities control over housing prices, letting them you, address the issues. We I, need a governor who I will do give, more I want to give each one of them a chance to answer the, Jennifer's question. Shane Hayes. The biggest problem facing us is the economy. But to quote uh, the great Rothbard, the man who puts all the guns and all of the decision-making power into the hands of a central government and then says, limit yourself, is he truly the impractical u- utopian? The idea that the economy isn't the biggest problem that we have in Georgia is because people don't understand economics. These guys don't understand economics from Republicans or Democrats or else we wouldn't be in the hole that we're in in terms of trillions and trillions of dollars. What we need to do is get back to basics, Austrian economics, where we get rid of this cancer that has invaded every transaction that we have through a fiat currency system, creating freedom for everybody in Georgia is the default position. Not more government, not more programs, not more policies, not more point at the barrel of a gun, force and coercion. It is freedom. All right. Brian Kemp, your answer to the question. Justin. Well, I'll first, since I didn't get a rebuttal after being called out, would just let Jordans know again that my record's being attacked because Ms. Abrams doesn't want to talk about her own record. If you look at what the state of Georgia and our first lady, Marty Kemp, has done to raise the awareness on ending human trafficking, going after the perpetrators and supporting the victim, as well as us working with the General Assembly to give Medicaid benefits to new to birthing mothers up to a year uh, after having that child and other things, 
shows you are down by two points. Life and that Jimmy McGill. But in the future, my focus is going to be what it was when I opened the debate. And that is helping you fight through 40-year high inflation and disastrous policies in Washington, D.C. I would remind you that Stacey Abrams campaigned to be Joe Biden's running mate. She supports these policies that have raised taxes on hardworking Americans and Georgians when they promised they would not. We're working with the General Assembly to help you fight through that by suspending the gas tax and giving your money back Thank you very in your much. pocket. Thank you very much. Greg, your next question. Governor, I want to stay with you. Um, the news channel we're watching right now. Exchange a little bit. Earlier today, you rolled out a new public safety Mandy, plan. good evening. It offers a crackdown, promotes a crackdown on criminal offenses. What it doesn't specifically address is gun violence. Your critics say that your permissive gun policies will only lead to more crime. What do you propose you will do in a second term if you're reelected to address gun-related crimes? Well, again, we're, we're going after the people that are doing these gun-related crimes. I mean, and that's what we're doing going after uh, street gangs in this regard. You know, during the pandemic, when I was talking to people about how we respond and what we were dealing with, I was hearing from educators and athletic directors and other people saying, Governor, we got to get our kids back in the classroom because we're losing them. We're going to lose them a decade of children because these kids that we're recruiting when they're 13, 14, 15 year old, years old to be on the ball field or be in the band or be on the robotics team or what have you, extracurricular activity, they're being recruited by street gangs because they're not in the classroom. So those are the kind of things that we are focused on to make sure that these kids are under the right environment. And my new public safety plan is stiffening penals, penalties for gang, uh, gang members that are recruiting our children. And I believe that most Georgians support that. And I'm committed to working with all law enforcement to make a dent there. Thank you. TV has made people think that there's just like gangs everywhere. I've I've been Columbus recruited by a gang exactly zero times in my life. From a Georgia State Patrol task force that has helped augment police coverage in those cities and some others over the last year. What can be done to make sure that local agencies, agencies that are short on officers, can handle these police policing duties without having to rely on the state. Ms. Abrams? Well, yes. You actually asked Mr. Kemp. I said for both. Okay. Yeah, it's for both. Governor. Yeah, look, I'm glad to uh, answer that question. The crime suppressing unit that I asked Colonel Wright to put together during civil unrest when I grew tired. I was always hoping the foot soldiers would, would like pop out and their local law enforcement go after dangerous people during civil unrest that had no chase policies where street racers and street gangs are terrorizing our citizens. I told Colonel Wright I wanted to plan, I wanted to know how much it's going to cost, and I want to know who we're going to work with. And so that's why the State Patrol, GBI, Department of Natural Resources, Game Wardens, working with the Fulton County Sheriff who's helped us with jail facilities, the Atlanta Police Department, we went and put a plan together to start going after street racers and going after violent criminals and have more boots on the ground. We've done the same thing in Columbus. We've done it in Macon. We've done it in Savannah. And we'll do it wherever we're needed. This is not our job. We're using funds from the governor's emergency um, uh, fund to help pay for these dollars. And thankfully, the General Assembly supports that because we've been in the fight when others were not. Thank you, Ms. Abrams. Go street racer, go street racer, go. Going into a gun store, getting a weapon, and murdering women in less than an hour. Street gangs aren't the reason people are getting shot in grocery stores and in parking lots and at schools. Street gangs are one part of the problem, but we have a governor who has weakened gun laws across this state 
flooded our streets with guns by letting dangerous people get access to those weapons. Georgia does not have a waiting period. We do not have universal background checks. And one of the few permits that we had that was helping keep us safe stopped 5,000 people who should not have had weapons from getting them got weakened by this governor with his criminal carry law. As the next governor, my intention would be to actually give the people who do 90 percent of law enforcement the support they need. We know that they have asked for at least $136 million so they can recruit and retain officers. I am the only candidate who has put in place a plan for at least $25 million in grants, not loans, to go to these local law enforcement officers so they can recruit and retain officers so that their officers aren't working two or three jobs simply to make ends meet. Thank you. Before your rebuttal, uh, Governor Kemp, Shane Hazel, Thank you, you may respond much. to this question. You keep going back to guns, Stacey, and I think it's going to be your undoing here in Georgia. Georgia, we're going to have less and less gun laws, whether it's under Republicans or Libertarians. Libertarians don't believe in any gun laws. We believe that you know how to best protect you and your property. And the biggest mass murderer in history is government. It's not private citizens. Most private citizens, like I said before, go throughout their day without doing any harm to anybody. However, the people in the government with all of the guns still go after people with a badge when they shouldn't have to. In Holly Springs, Georgia, I introduced the Helios Initiative, where we got rid of civil asset forfeiture. It was a one-page bill through decentralization, nullification, using the Constitution that made the officers in Holly Springs safer because they don't have to go out there and they don't have to harass people of color while driving while black. They don't have to go out there and look for drugs. They don't have to go out there and do any of these things because civil asset forfeiture is also the government stealing more than criminals, hardened criminals, from I mean, any He's right on that issue. In the state of Georgia. Thank you, Governor. The problem with libertarians is that they're right on a lot of things, and then they're so fucking stupid. The largest, fastest-growing segment of the population that's buying handguns and firearms is African-Americans and females. You know why? because the criminals are the only ones that do have the guns. You have local governments that are holding up concealed weapon permits that are keeping law-abiding citizens from being able to simply use their Second Amendment right to protect themselves and their property and their families. I will certainly support that. Thank because you. Mr. Hazel entered and if we've got any kids watching, remember. Let's be clear. I believe that we can protect the Second Amendment and protect second graders at the exact same time. That means that, yes, more people are buying guns, but that's because they think that's the only way to protect themselves because guns have flooded our streets. These are communities that want to be safe. Medicine. They don't want to have to carry weapons. I know how to shoot. My great-grandmother taught me. But I know that the person who is most responsible is the person who holds the weapon. And that is why I will quote Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. And because of the criminal carry law that Brian Kemp signed into law... You there could is have no quoted Ronald Reagan on a lot of, like, like assault weapons ban. He was the dude that pushed for it. Thank you very much. How did you relate it to nuclear weapons somehow? That was fucked up. Background check. There's a federal background check on every individual that buys a firearm in the United States of America. Which shouldn't exist true. either. So, that is not true. Well, Mr. The, the point, Mr. I, Mr. I understand, that's not true. I understand the, the point you're making. It's totally not. The point is, when you buy a firearm, you get a background check. Mr. Kemp, none, right. none of the laws More changed. On Mr. Kemp, if you purchase a weapon in Georgia through a gun sale or a private sale, well, through a gun Abram, show I, or a private sale, you're not right, subject we're, to that. We're going to have to move on. I interrupted you tonight. I apologize. Candidates, we have to move on. I'm going to allow I'm going to allow Jennifer to ask... What's going to be the final question in this round? 
Uh, a study recently showed frustration among our nation's teachers with political... I can't wait until we get to double jeopardy. That's the next round. ...and critical race theory presenting additional challenges to a profession that's already dealing with low pay, falling interest, and people leaving. What would you do specifically as governor to recruit, retain, and empower educators for, for schools across the state of Georgia for each of you? Shall I? All right, we'll start with you, Ms. Abrams. And let me again, again apologize to Mr. Kemp for interrupting. Mm, this is a very important topic to me, and I apologize for my outburst. I will say that when it comes to education, we know teachers are leaving the workforce. We have a 67% retention rate, but 70% of our teachers have said they would not recommend teaching to their colleagues. That is because of low pay, because of overregulation, because of high stress, and because they believe that they are being told to teach to a curriculum that does not reflect the values and needs of our students. When a teacher is told that you have to lie to a child, which is what happened with the divisive language, the divisive concepts legislation, teachers are not being able to teach a whole history of our students. They're not able to tell their children what they need to know. As the next governor of Georgia, I will repeal those laws. I will increase pay and I will make certain that all of our teachers can start and continue Got through their time, well paid and well protected and well supported by uh, the unfortunately, government. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. So only 45 seconds. So, um, Brian Kemp. Well, I would just say this is exactly why I did the $5,000 teacher pay raise that I ran on in 2018. Uh, we've also done a parent's bill of rights to have parents fully engaged with their schools to make sure that they know what's happening in their kids. Quite honestly, people are tired of their kids being indoctrinated in the classroom. But we've also worked with our educators on these pieces of legislation to make sure that they make good common sense. But I would also tell you, that people are tired of these issues like not having fairness in girls' sports and other things. And quite honestly, it's woken a lot of people up. So we got to continue to have good conversations like we've done with our teacher pipeline legislation, like we're doing with helping 9,000 pair pros get fully certified to be in the classroom. Thank you very kids. much. Shane Hazel, you get 45 Yeah, I woke the cat up. He was not happy. points. A lot of these teachers, like my own wife, has left the profession of teaching to homeschool, to go to private school, to do something outside of this narrative where admin from the federal government and the state government is forcing them to teach things they don't want to teach, to teach to test. They can't stand the administration who makes six figures. It is bloated. It has absolutely gotten out of control. We need to nullify property tax. We need to let people get out of the system. We need to allow the private sector to work. Because before education was put under the thumb of government here, we had some of the brightest, most well-read people in the entire world. And that's what we need to bring back. All right. Thank you very much. We are running out of time. So that is all the time we have for questions. Each candidate will now have only 40 seconds for a closing statement. And Brian Kemp, you get the first closing statement. Well, first of all, let me thank the Atlanta Press Club for having us. When I ran for governor in 2018, I promised to put hard work in Georgians first ahead of the status quo and the politically correct. I said shortly after being sworn in, I would work hard as your governor every single day for all Georgians, whether you voted for me or not. I'm so optimistic about the future of our state, the lowest unemployment rate in the history of the state, the most people working, and economic opportunity in all parts of our state, no matter your zip code or neighborhood. Stacey Abrams said Georgia's the worst state in the country to live. Well, Marty, the girls and I disagree. We think Georgia's the greatest state in the country to live, work, and raise our children. And that's why I'm asking for your vote and support to keep it that way. Thank, Thank you. you. And God bless.
Thank you. He did say up yours, Warless. Do you want to thank everyone tonight for your support? We'll see who. And I want to point out that Brian Kemp did make promises. He promised to keep us safe, but crime has gone up. He promised to protect us, and yet he's attacked our freedoms. He has promised to take care of our families, and yet the rising prices in Georgia are rising because he refuses to expand Medicaid, because he refuses to tackle the affordable housing crisis that we have, and he's sitting on $400 million of our money that he will not spend to keep us under roofs and in our homes. As the next governor, I want us to have more, more money in our pockets, more protections in our lives, more freedoms in our days, and more opportunity in our communities. I see all Bam, of Georgia. More money, more problems. My intention to serve all of Georgia. I encourage you to go to my website, StacyAbrams.com, and please make a plan to Thank vote. And know that I'm asking you for you. your vote tonight. Thank you. Shane Hazel, you get the final 40-second closing statement. Georgia, you are essential. We are in changing times. Technology, money, politics are all changing incredibly fast. As humans, our superpower is our ability to adapt to a changing world. This power to adapt, our passion and genius is unleashed when it is free. Free from tax, free from government and their lockdowns, free from government mandates, and free from force and coercion. You know best how to adapt and run your life, and that is your right to do so. It is time peaceful people we're free to take on the challenges we face. Our message Thank to the you. government is simple. It's Thank time you, to leave Hazel. peaceful people alone. If you believe the government we, is so damn essential. Oh, he's a marble buff, right? Thank you. Nothing wrong with that. That concludes our debate. We'd like to remind voters that Election Day is Tuesday, November 8th, and early voting has already begun. Our thanks to the candidates and to our panel of journalists. We'd also like to thank the Atlanta Press Club for arranging today's debate. For more information about the debates they will host this election season, visit atlantapressclub.org slash debates. I'm Donna Lowry. Thanks for joining us for the Atlanta Press Club debates. <laughs> oh my god also speaking of parlor apparently kanye west bought it they they parlor just gave out like the emails of all their their user base fucking hilarious all right when we come back from the other side of the break we're gonna watch the tim ryan J.D. Vance uh, debate that just took place in Ohio. It is wrapping up as we speak right now. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, watch the Ohio Senate debate. So stick around for that. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian. Not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but 
the left went too far with their cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it, even though this video exists. And you know I'm right, so give me your money or I'm selling you out. We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freaking News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more.